0: and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network at bgn.fm and Rough Neck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, we're going to recap an okay road draw. Maybe maybe should have been a road win. Uh, We'll do our ex-New York Red Bull 2 report. We've got two interviews. Count them, two. We got New York Red Bulls 2 assistant coach Ibrahim Sakaya, and we have Nashville SC TV broadcaster John Freeman joining us tonight. Then we're going to preview the match against Nashville SC and talk about some very interesting news around the USL and look at the USL playoff picture. Joining me tonight, the one, the only, the not me, uh, Joe Steen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How are you, Joe? Uh, Good. How are you?
0: I'm doing fine. Uh, Red Bull land, I think for the most part can be content with last week. They get three points against Toronto, uh, for the the MLS side and at least a road point for the USL side. We, we both predicted losses. Hey, we, we were wrong and happy to be wrong. I would add.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was more of a, I mean, a game of two halves where I think, Red Bulls, too, after um, Charlotte opened up the scoring, really seemed to calm down and uh, find their footing. Uh, Evan Laurel came up big in this game with some huge saves, which really kept them in the game. But, I mean, I could easily argue this is a game they should have won. They had a lot of chances, but nothing really materialized uh, until a bongs goal. Uh, But this is a concern now because this is a... Number of games now that they've had a good amount of chances and they really haven't had to put anything away. Uh, I am happy the defense looked better, but uh, they're going to have to be able to score on the road in order to see out these some of these wins. Because I mean, one goal you're not really expecting a goal out of just a goal out of this team when they have you know when they take the field, especially no. this year.
0: Yeah, if they, well, on the road maybe, but at, at home on the road, certainly yeah, not. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, on the road, yeah. There's, the struggles have been there. I mean, a point's better than nothing. Um, especially given where they are in the standings right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think this is a team that, you know, I I mean, would I have predicted a a win going in? Probably not because I know Charlotte's been a weird team this year. Um, But looking at the game, you could see in the second half that this is a game they probably should have won and they probably will regret they didn't.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with both those sentiments. I mean, look, they get, they have a shot cleared off the line. Jared Stroud has uh, a number of chances saved or missed. I think they almost had 30 chances on goal. Or sorry, sorry they took 30 shots. Six of those ended up on goal. So the finishing is definitely a, a concern. Uh, they had a goal at the end, uh, called back correctly for offside, but... Uh, Evan Loro, I thought, did really well on the night. It was good to see Christian Caceres back in the middle of the field. I thought that helped. Although, I I understand why they went with uh, uh, Jose Aguinaga because of how well he's played recently. Um, But I thought uh, the the trifecta of the um, Lima-Caceres-Tanari midfield was missing, for sure. I, I like what Aguinaga does offensively, but I think he doesn't do enough defensively. Uh, to to really make that side tick the way that those other three have in the past um there's some irony involved in the fact that uh the only goal the red bulls score in this game is off of a uh, poor or a mishandled shot from the goalkeeper (laughs) (laughs) uh a la evan laura last year although to much greater effect of course um and, you know, the, the only goal that they give up in this game, yes, someone should have closed down someone at the top of the box, but you dare teams to kind of take shots from, from those kinds of positions. And on this case, it went in. It, it, it's tough to look at this with too many negatives, especially for the defensive side of the game, because I think they handled themselves pretty well. Uh, but offensively, you're right. There, there's something uh, that needs to be fixed with this team. And, you know we talked a little bit about what it's going to mean to have guys like Moreno and Stroud. And um, well, obviously um, Brian White did not play in this match, uh, but Tom Barlow and and Anatoly Abong kind of need to start rounding into form a little bit. You know, we've been a little patient with, with what they've done so far, but they, they, they have to figure those things out if they want to be successful and if they want to reach the playoffs.
1: I thought Amondo actually looked – I was happy to see Amondo back in the starting lineup because it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought he looked lively for the most part. Jared did miss a lot of chances where I think, you know, based on what he's done this year, you would expect him to put away. But for the most part, yeah, um, Abang, you know, hasn't – you know, he, he's held the ball up well, but, I mean, he hasn't really scored a lot. I mean, he's had a good amount of chances, and they just not seen the gone his way or they haven't gone in yet. Uh, Tom Barlow, I mean, you know, he had the great uh, – Great subs uh, when he came on as a sub mm-hmm. uh, appearance when he, you know he scored a hat trick, um, but I mean he's you know the, you know he's still coming along. I mean but, again, like you said, the, we need they need these guys now to start rounding in a form.
0: Right, there's no time left to wait wait for them to do that. No. And uh, for what it's worth, I think Abong might be better suited for a two forward system because if he's yeah. a guy like that that can hold the ball up, and you have a faster guy like Barlow playing alongside of him you know, maybe something happens there, but as we know, the Red Bulls have a very particular way they like to play. <laughs> and that will be that. Okay. Let's talk man of the match. Who you got?
1: I'm going to say Evan Loro. I thought he came up big in this game with some huge saves in the first half, which kept the game at one goal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think he, I think he really, you know, helped organize the back line and that was a big key in the game.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say Evan Loro as well. Uh, easy easy to agree on something and yes uh i only very casually mentioned uh that lauro did well in this match but he he kept them from giving up a number of of goals in sort of awkward positions there's that one on the set piece early on although uh, that was um uh a missed shot rather than <laughs> than a save for him, sorry. Uh, But there was the Alex Martinez chance that got deflected that he just got fingertips to to help push it wide. The early chance that popped out wide that he was able to save. Yeah, he he did a very uh, good job and hopefully he'll continue to do that in the future. Um, Consistency from him this year, I think, has been uh, strong. I don't think he's really had too many bad games, so...
1: No, really, really not. A lot of the goals that he's had to deal with this year, it's really not. Most of them (laughs) have not been his fault.
0: One on none and such. Okay, let's (laughs) do our ex-New York Red Bull to report. Rafi Diaz, he was at least in the team sheet, but he did not play in either of SAC Republic's uh, uh, matches this past week. A 4-1 win over Tulsa and a 0-0 draw with OKC. Noah Powder, big week for him. He started and played 81 minutes in OCSC's 5-2 win over Salt Lake. Something is wrong in Salt Lake. Uh, I don't know what. In that match... Maybe it's the lake. Oh, go ahead.
1: I said maybe it's the lake.
0: Yeah, it could be. (laughs) Too much (laughs) salt. Uh goal and an assist for powder in that match so congrats dan metzger uh pen fc he did not play in the 3-1 loss to louisville he did start and go 90 minutes in a 2-1 loss to fc cincinnati Uh, pen fc probably now out of the playoff pictures even if it's not official it's pretty much the end for them junior flemings tampa bay came off the bench in both of their matches this week 29 minutes in a 2-1 win over nashville Uh, This week's opponent And uh, a 20 minute appearance In a 3-0 win over Richmond In which he had a goal Bonomo and Gem are both still hurt Uh, Brandon Allen with Nashville He came off the bench uh, For both of their matches as well 17 minutes in a 2-1 loss to Tampa Bay Which we mentioned And 59 minutes in a 1-1 draw with uh, Charleston he is, well, well, we'll get to it later. Uh, Corey Herzog, St. Louis, started and went 62 minutes in a 2-0 win over uh, San Antonio FC. Kyle Ranish did not play in F- uh, Fresno FC's um, 2-2 draw with Portland. Zach Carroll started and went 90 minutes in a 3-3 draw with Las Vegas Lights FC. He was the captain of that side. Conrad Pleva, and uh, SLC 2-0 disgusting losses for Conrad. Sorry, Conrad. And he, he started and went 90 minutes in both of these. A 5-2 loss to Orange County, which we mentioned, and a 6-1 loss to the LA Galaxy 2. He picked up a yellow card in that match. Speedy Williams started and went 75 minutes in a 3-0 win over Penn FC, which we mentioned at the top. He did not play in the 4-0 win over Ottawa. Mike Defanta and Phoenix Rising. He started and went 90 minutes in a 2-1 win over the Colorado Springs Switchbacks. Carl, we met in Indy Eleven. He started, and went ninety minutes in a three-two loss to Pittsburgh. And our last domestic player, Scott Thompson, uh, started, and went ninety minutes in a three-nothing loss to Tampa Bay uh, with the Richmond Kickers. Elsewhere, overseas, Zico Lewis and HK Kopavager. Uh, he came off the bench and played three minutes in their two-nothing loss to Hauker. I'm assuming that's correct. They're they're down into second place now. David Abador and FC Haka in Finland. Uh, he started, went 60 minutes in a 2-1 loss to KPV. Tim Schmoll and Dover Athletic FC, they played today. He started, went 90 minutes in a 2-2 draw with Sutton United and scored a goal. <laughs> Way to go, Schmoll. <laughs> Mario Zobokop, uh, FC Zimbru Kizinau. He started, went 90 minutes in a 0-0 draw with FC Petrukub. Uh Kizinau on their website, I will give them credit. Uh, has enough information for me to actually add them to the report, so he will continue to be on this. Uh, Aaron <laughs> Aaron Basulevich, uh and shippings BS uh, in Sweden, the third division, he started and went 90 minutes in a 1-1 draw with forward. I can't imagine that's how that is pronounced, but that is <laughs> definitely how it's spelled. Forward. <laughs> And that is it for our new ex-New York Red Bulls 2 report. When we come back, we're talking to New York Red Bulls 2 assistant coach Ibrahim Sagaya. So stick around. And we're back. We're joined now by former New York Red Bull player and current New York Red Bulls 2 assistant coach, Ibrahim Sagaya. How are you doing, Ibrahim?
2: Yeah, I'm good. How are you doing,
0: Pat? Uh, we're doing very well. Thank you so much for being on the show. You're uh, Let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the team and the, maybe the state of the team right now. Um, you know, defensively, things have been uh, in transition. There's been, you know, peaks and valleys. And I think a lot of that is what you expect with a young team. But I just want to get uh, your yeah. take on on where they're at right now uh, with the playoffs looming.
2: Yeah, we're not in the bad spot. I think uh, we're in the good spot. We, are, we just remain with four games left. I think uh, those are the most important games with the end of the season now. We just, uh, with our guys, how the team, how we build the team, we try to build them I'm the mentality of knowing how to win the games because we're supposed to build them to go to the first team. Now we just have four games left, and I think those are those are the games which you can see everyone. Like, we, we're thinking about winning them all so that we can be in playoffs. you are already in the playoffs now, seven places, but I think the most important is to finish well
1: with the problems left. Where do you think the one area that you guys can improve most is? Yeah, it's,
2: it's not just one. I think it's about the team, how we work together. Our system is not just about the one 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 position or it's about all of us or what we are doing together, how we 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 press together, how we shape it together. Yeah, our team we have the same all in. I think that's the things which we have to do. We have to improve everything every section of the game, of, of the is in the in the field. I think the most important now like, yeah, to defend well and then, then concede too many goals and then we think about winning
0: going forward. And obviously one of the places uh, where those wins would be most uh, appreciated would be on the road, right? Uh, things have been a little bit tough mm-hmm. this year, uh, finding results there. Obviously, no one has a, an answer for what um might be the you know the the particular uh, fix for that because the, each and every game there, there, there's something else it's not always you know the same type of um uh, of mistakes that you see you know whether it's just focus based or or experience based but uh, do you have any insight into what might finally push them over the hump
2: yeah, I, I think when you talk about the away games, we we are, we are we, we, we lose a lot of points. But I, the way how we've been playing, there's some games where you see like we had a lot of chances. Mm-hmm. We couldn't just score or we couldn't utilize it. And then the team, you know, our system, as we are playing all the teams, they sit back and they just wait for that moment. One thing, but the most important with us, every game which we see it is different. I think <clears throat> what we had in the past, if we finish all the, the chances we had, I think those are the games which we were supposed to win. Because when you see there's no game which you're going to say like we didn't get chances or we didn't have more chances of scoring. I think those are the... Sometimes you can see our games and the way how our, our team is. We have new young players in the team and we try to build them to have that mentality of playing the home way and going our way also to be the same thing. There is no specific uh, specific thing which I can say. Ah, this is what it cost us on the away game, or this is what we have on home game. I think sure. We go in the game with one mentality of winning it, but just the small small things which, you, uh, yeah, in games there is sometimes where you need some a little bit of luck. We had a lot of chances if you can see it, but we couldn't finish it. And the other team they can get one or two, and they finish it. And that's how the games were uh, going now.
1: Do you think this team, team is similar to, like, uh, the last year when you guys, you know, had your road struggles and then you picked it up late in the season and you were a dangerous team in the playoffs? Do you think the team is similar in that aspect, that they can, if they make the playoffs again, be a threat to anybody?
2: Yeah, I think our team will be already, will be already that mentality of our team. The system stays the same. It's just the change of the players we have. But I think this is the, the thing, what we think, I think, when we go in the playoffs. The team all which up in in the position in our up of our side, I think we we can we can face them well. We played them, and we I think we played well. And I think the most important now what we think about is about to win our games which left, and then we see what happens in the playoffs.
0: Now, Ibra, I'm going to back it up a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about your uh, career as a player. Uh, obviously, you played. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quite literally everywhere. <laughs> um, what what were some of the lessons that you learned, and and what did you take to um, uh, fr- from those lessons into your coaching role?
2: Yeah, the, 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 uh, I think the, the the most thing which I learned when I was playing is that I was actually, I was thinking about uh, like a defender. I need to to defend well and not to concede in the back of our goal. That's the roles which I do with our defenders to concentrate too much with them. Showing all the small mistakes which we have to cover, how you have to organize the defense, how you have to talk, how you have to see the the next guy to you, to the next guy, you know, to be all together. I think those are those are the things which are most important. Like which I learned when I was playing. Like we, are, you have to be together. Like it, yeah, you have to be alert because any mistake you make, it's gonna cost you. You you try to limit a lot of mistakes you make in the defense because it's not easy. You make a mistake, they're going to punish you back. It's not like you make a mistake in front, you're going to have covers. This one, there's no one who's going to cover you. You have to learn how to not make too much mistakes.
1: What made you want to get into coaching?
2: Ooh, that's a good question.
1: <laughs> it's, it's so difficult. This, Yeah.
2: To be honest, this is the thing which I was, yeah, I did it for a long time. This is, so where I think playing soccer and being a coach, I think my transition was so good because in the first time I will not say that I was thinking I'm gonna be a coach. The more I played, the more I went up. I think that's where I picked up and I see this is the thing which I get. I have to give it back. And uh, yeah, being here in Red Bull, I think it was one of the good the good thing I did in my life to stay in one yeah in one in one thing which I like to do. And being a coach, I think it was it was perfect for me to to switch that. But it's not something which is easy. You learn a lot, you see a lot. It, playing wise is different. It's a different thing which I learned from that.
0: And obviously, you're a defender your whole career. John was a forward. Uh, in In your experience, who makes the better coach when they transition to the next level? the former defenders, the former strikers? <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, in a, in a coach, <laughs> yeah that thats that's a good question in coaching when we are coaching together, yeah it's my early coach I think. he knows he knows how how soccer is, he knows I have some ideas, we sit down and we talk about it. It's not like yeah he's a striker, we a defender, we know what exactly we are doing, and he knows what exactly we're doing we get, we get together, we sit and we talk about what' exactly good for the for the team.
1: Joe. That's all I got. Okay. That's
0: all I got. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, Ibrahim, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Before we let you go, we're going to subject you to the infamous lightning round. Are you ready? No, I'm ready. Do <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to brace too much. It'll be okay. Okay, first, popcorn, yes or no?
1: Yes. Marvel or DC? Marvel or DC? Yes. Wow.
0: <laughs> Nine Okay, fair okay. Star Star Wars or Star Trek? Mm,
1: Star Wars Favorite team to play as in FIFA? Mm, Barcelona That's my favorite team
0: uh, Fair, very fair uh, Who is the least funny Red Bull 2 player or staff member? That thinks they are funny.
2: <laughs> ah, the player book to. I'll pick on. I'll pick on Jordan. Okay. <laughs> and the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the stuff. The, the stuff. I'll go with our guy, the Yoon.
0: Yep. John said the same thing. He thinks he's funny. <laughs> he thinks he's funny, but he's not. That's, the oh, that's excellent. Yes, I'm I'm it it shows the unity in the coaching staff that you and John picked the same person.
2: <laughs> yeah, we know we know him, we see him. <laughs>
0: well, Abra, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk to us and uh we wish you nothing but the best yeah. of luck this coming weekend against Nashville. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. And when we come back, we're going to preview that match uh, with John Freeman from uh, the Nashville broadcast booth. So stick around. And this super size show rolls on. We are back now with John Freeman, Nashville SC's TV broadcaster. John, thank you so much for joining the show.
3: Certainly happy to be here, God. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. This is this is a big deal for, for Nashville. This is their first year uh, in USL. Uh, how do you think that this has been uh, going so far? How's the experiment down in Nashville?
3: <laughs> well, it's uh, it's been a success, really, since day one. You know, you go all the way back to the home opener, which, you know, looking at the USL season, feels like an eternity ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was in Nissan Stadium, which is where the, the Tennessee Titans are playing now. Since football season has begun, and uh, you you look back all the way in the season, back in March starting, and here we are almost approaching October, and and Nashville's still in the hunt for the playoffs. So, from a actual soccer on the field standpoint, you know, to be in the hunt for the playoffs this late in the season and an inaugural season, uh, the answer to your question is uh, it certainly has been going very well. And then when you look at off the field, you look at the attendance. I was referencing that first game. You know, there's nearly 20,000 people at that game. Uh, We played another game at Nissan Stadium, and there's nearly 20,000 people uh, in that game. They've sold more season tickets uh, for a club launching its uh, inaugural season um, than any other USL team in history. So uh, when you put together the fact that Nashville has positioned itself for the playoffs, uh, and the city has absolutely adored the team from the first time it saw it, Uh, in a preseason friendly in February against Atlanta United. Uh, I think it's a a pretty safe conclusion to say that the season and uh, the launch of this club at the USL level has has gone really uh,
1: to the script of everybody's dreams. Now you mentioned the playoffs, and they're only a point out of the playoff spot. Obviously, they're playing Rebels 2 this weekend. What do you think the biggest area of improvement this team, uh, the biggest area this team needs to improve on? Gosh, uh, you
3: know, Nashville, and, and much like New York, when you look at the way uh, the USL is, it's such a compelling league, uh, mainly for, well, there's a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is that uh, it's so hard to get points on the road. Um, so when you look at, you know, Red Bulls, who Red Bulls 2 haven't won a game on the road all year. You know, Nashville has won two games on the road uh, this season. And the first one coming, you know, way back in, in March, so you, you do the math there, you look at if there are some areas uh, in which you you know, maybe need more uh, from Nashville would be, can, can they get a result on the road? And looking at Nashville's schedule coming up, they have some real opportunities on the road for some games where they could hopefully snatch three points, and that would really launch them into much sturdier position. in it around the playoffs. And when I reference what road games are left, it's two teams at the bottom of the table. Atlanta United, too, on Wednesday. You never know who they're going to throw out onto the field, Uh, especially when, you know, they're not too far away from the trading ground of the MLS side. Uh, Atlanta hosting that game. And then on the road against the Richmond Kickers team that um, really has struggled to find any sort of form, home, or away. So uh, to answer your question, uh, you know, if there was uh, if something that we would hope for Nashville to improve on, um, hopefully it would be their ability to gain three points on the road. And I think we're going to have an answer really quickly uh, to the question of whether they can do that here in the Clutch down at the end of the season.
0: And obviously, you know, we're touching on this. It's it's all down to the wire. Uh, there's so many teams that are just right around that bubble that uh, these next couple of weeks are going to be very, very exciting. Uh, who do you see in this lineup uh, for Nashville, as as the guy, if he has a good game, Nashville will have a good game, and and it'll bring out uh, or bring them three points rather.
1: Yeah,
3: Nashville's got a really revolving door of players that can step up on on any given night. Uh, you mentioned it going down the stretch. Up, you've done this before uh, as supporters of New York Red Bull too. <laughs> this is our first go around. Uh, is it always this stressful? I feel like we're playing playoff, dividing line. Uh, since March, you know, Nashville's been hovering, uh, you know, anywhere from you know 12th or 13th a couple of weeks ago, uh, to I think as high as third sometime in July. So, uh, yeah, we're looking for some some sort of consistency, and when you look at players who can provide that, you, know, you look at at guys um, like Matt Pickens, the goalkeeper. Uh, you look at guys who who I I'm really fond of, and Matt LaGrasse, who's a midfielder who. He has really found a niche on this team in the center of the park. Uh, your center backs, a real sturdy center back in Liam Doyle. Um, he's a player who's got a great left foot, uh, just constant presence there uh, in the back line. And you throw in Bolo Akinjoti, who used to play for New York Red Bulls too. I think there's a lot of players as we go down the stretch that Nashville will look at, um, and hope that they can step up on on any given day. It's not, it's not a team that you see in the USL that's got, you know, a – a Cameron Lancaster on it like Louisville does or you have know, big time score like Daniel Rios for North Carolina FC um, for Nashville. It's really a shared workload.
1: Now Nashville's actually been one of the better defending teams in the league, which Red Bulls two cannot really say this year. Um, <laughs> what has been, t- what has been the thing that has made them so tough to break down?
3: That's a great question. I mean, they, they are so tough to break down at home. Um, I'm not a, a soccer tactician by any means. I kind of just show up and call the game, and if they're the a clean sheet. And it's like, well, great. You know, Whenever they did to do it, let's do that again. But when you look at some of the, the role players involved um, in Nashville's stellar defense, you, know, you look at those Liam Doyles, you look at those Matt Pickens. Um, you get a player like Bradley Bouchard, a really strong center back for Nashville, that has added a really nice recovery pace uh, on the back line. Uh, and then you you throw in a Gary Smith-led uh, team. Uh, we talked with Gary Smith, and uh, I talk to him every week before our broadcast, and he values clean sheets. Uh, he talks about clean sheets with his team. Uh, he's told us, you know, he asked his team the question of, you know, if you're up 2 to nothing in a game, how important is a clean sheet to you? Uh, so it's something that they really value, uh, something that they cherish, and it's something that they enjoy doing. Um, when they're at home and, and on the road, so it would be quite a task if they could do that on Saturday against New York Red Bulls too. i I've just started my prep for that game. Um, some pretty wild score lines, uh from from the Red Bulls Two squad. I, I don't know if we're going to see a six to four uh, or a four to four.
0: Uh, <laughs> in, in Nashville had
3: its way, I, I think they'd enjoy a little bit more low scoring of uh, an affair.
0: And and that kind of I think typifies the, their personality. I think they like to keep. Things, you know, compact and tight. And Gary Smith is is definitely known for that. Gary Smith, by the way, uh, coach of the Colorado Rapids when they won MLS Cup, uh, also uh, fleeced the Red Bulls (laughs) by trading Medi Bellucci uh, for. um, Oh man, why did I just lose his name? I just had it on the tip of my tongue. Oh no. (laughs) It's gone. (laughs) Oh, he scored the winning goal in MLS Cup and broke his leg doing it. Oh, he got me beat on that one. Oh, Joe, he me help beat. me out. Oh, God, no. Oh, he played for the Thrashers. Yeah, that's what that's what's happening now. Uh, but uh, while uh, <laughs> I look up that particular bit of trivia, uh, what brought you to, into broadcasting? How did you end up calling these uh, matches for Nashville? Yeah, it's, it's a long road. Uh, you know,
3: this is, this is an amazing opportunity uh, to do the games and You know, it's been quite an honor to do so. Uh, It's been a long road. I I grew up in Virginia, actually, uh, in a small town right outside of Charlottesville, Virginia. And uh, when I was a kid, the University of Virginia was the top program in college soccer. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but like Bruce Arena was the coach. You know, Ben (laughs) Olsen and Claudia Reyna were the center midfielders. Uh, I mean, you just looked at the U.S. national soccer team in the early to mid-90s. Um, and it was pretty much half of the team had gone through Charlottesville and, and played at Potter Stadium in Virginia. Um, so I grew up watching soccer and being around soccer and um, really privileged to be around very good, high-quality soccer um, and fell in, fell in love with the sport um, growing up in Virginia and then broadcasted my way through college to make a little bit of money and uh, kind of kept with it. You know, Picked up some basketball gigs, rode a bunch of uh, long bus rides with basketball teams and Took a lot of trips and eventually found my way to Nashville. And um, actually, when they announced the USL team, I, I still have this tweet. Um, the uh, the general manager, Chris Jones. Uh, I watched the press conference that day and uh, actually tweeted a, a Twitter message to him, saying so like, "Hey, I'm here. You know, here's my website, uh, I'm a broadcaster." Uh, and you know, that was it was wild. That's almost two years ago. Um, stayed in touch with him called a couple of the uh the u23 games i had the opportunity to do that last summer um treated that like the biggest audition of my life uh, i think i've ever prepared harder for a uh, nashville sc versus um peachtree city pdl summer matchup uh, than i did for those games but uh i i would like to think that i did a decent enough job to, to get the call this year and then um i've had a wonderful time it was it was Absolutely surreal. The first game that we did, it was a broadcast, a television broadcast of so a preseason friendly. It was against Atlanta United.
0: Yeah, I, I, I remember that <laughs> game. That was an exciting game. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, and I remember making the the broadcast board. So if you guys have ever been to a a broadcast uh, studio or a broadcast uh, position for a game, uh, you'll see the broadcasters. It's like this big thing in broadcast It's Like, what does your spotting board look like? Um, and in my case, it's a real complicated Excel sheet that goes on stickers and those get placed in boards. But there was this big moment where I created the roster and I created this sticker and it was like, Brad Gazan, you know, Darlington, actually. <laughs> uh, and all these big-time Atlanta players like, this is, this is actually happening. Uh, Joseph Martinez, you know, these massive, colossal figures in the American soccer scene for the last um, 10 years, or Martinez's case, for the last couple years. So uh, I, I, there's never a day where where I walk at into the field and, and not in awe you know the position that I'm in and, and thankful for
0: him. Yeah, uh, I, and uh, I ble- they, I can't remember who the player was who had the chip in that, that game, but it was a nice goal to uh, to get the first goal uh, in Nashville history.
3: Yeah, that was a player that uh, the New York Red Bulls, too, are quite familiar with because he's, he has the only goal uh, for Nashville <laughs> in that uh, opening game. There you the go. first meeting, it was Repoppa Mensen.
0: There you go. Yeah. I, I remember Rapapa Mensen now. Yeah,
3: real young striker.
0: The player that I could not think of before was Makumba Kanji. Uh, Jeez, I feel really silly for not being able to come up with that. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Wikipedia for everything. Before we let you go, well, actually, before we subject you to the lightning round, uh, we have to get... Oh, oh, wait. uh, Can you give predictions uh, on matches that you're calling the broadcast of? Oh, gosh. (laughs) No. Uh, no, I,
3: I don't think I, I can. Uh, okay, okay. What I, what that uh, we'll, get, we'll go seven
0: to six. There you go. <laughs> I love that. Okay. All right, now we're going to subject you to the lightning round. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Popcorn, yes or no?
3: Of course.
1: Marvel or DC? We'll
3: go... Marvel.
0: Star Wars or Star Trek?
1: Oh definitely Star Wars. Favorite team to play as in FIFA?
3: Oh see I'm that guy that, that gets the three stars with a really <laughs> fast forward and then tries to get somebody really I just over the top, you know, like
0: uh, <laughs> lofted through ball one. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah lofted through ball Find the guy that's got the 95 feet That'll make up for the lack of skill on the uh, On the trigger button
0: There you go uh, And if you were on death row What is your last meal?
3: What is my last what? Meal Oh gosh Dark question guys <laughs> Uh man uh we'll go nashville hot chicken that is i won't be alive the next day to me
0: that's a great answer john (laughs) well thank you so much for you ever had it i have i have not had it yet i uh have desperately wanted to try it recently
3: all right, well, if there's ever a, if there's a playoff matchup, Nashville versus New York Red Bulls too, and for some reason it's in Nashville this year, which would mean both <laughs> teams are probably deep in the playoffs.
0: That, I mean, look, Nashville, it's, hot it's it on me if you guys make it. There play. you go, I, and it's not unlikely that they could end up ahead of the Red Bulls the way that things have been going. So we'll see. You Never know.
3: Thank you guys, I really appreciate it.
0: John, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, wish you nothing but the best of luck uh, calling the game this weekend. And when we come back, we're going to finish up our preview and talk about news around the USL. So stick around. And we're back with our final segment of this super-sized show. I'm stealing that from Seeing Red. Uh, Don't sue me, Mark. Uh, Nashville SC (laughs) is the opponent this week. The Red Bulls to travel to Nashville. Uh, Saturday night I think that's right <laughs> I, should, I should know these things before I start saying them uh they have a record of 10 nine and ten with a plus six goal differential that doesn't sound that great but look eight three and three at home uh very strong road or home form rather they are one two and two in their last five a win over Richmond losses to Charlotte and Tampa Bay and draws against North Carolina FC and Charleston their leader in goals is none other than Brandon Allen. He's got eight goals, although not all of those game with Nashville. Lebo Moloto also uh, up top with seven goals on the assist side, Michael Reed and Lebo Moloto each have five and Ropapa Mensa, who punished the Red Bulls, uh, as John Freeman reminded us earlier, uh, has four. They, uh, their only home losses this season are to Indy Bethlehem steel and the tampa bay rowdies although currently they're on a winless streak of four matches uh concluding with the draw against charleston last week um last time out they've got the 1-1 draw we talked about it ropapa mensa scored in that one um who had the goal for for the red bulls in that was it brian white i
1: believe no i thought it was,
0: was it was Bezicourt yes in the first half Right, yep. down the other end. <laughs> yep. that, that sounds ridiculous. At Red Bull Arena, he was far away from us, which is what I mean down the other end. Um Nashville, they're very defensive first. Uh they can counter very quickly. Obviously, having a guy like Brandon Allen available. Um, he does not normally start for them, but maybe he'll start this match. Um he's a a goal poacher like none other. We're we're very familiar with what he does, but most deadly Uh, from the penalty spot. So the Red Bulls have to be very careful not to give up any penalties in this match. (laughs) Uh, Other connections, we mentioned Gary Smith before and uh, his fleecing of the Hans Baca Red Bulls when he took Makumba Kanji and gave them Medi Yeah. Kanji ended up scoring the winning goal in MLS Cup, as I mentioned, but broke his leg doing it. Uh, Also... We've got Kosuke Kimura, who we, we absolutely loved. Uh, he was a great player for the Red Bulls, uh, a good wing back, and uh, one of the most personable athletes I've ever spoken to. Uh, when he was at Red Bull Arena earlier this year, he was very, very funny. He chewed our ear off about uh, traveling to different stadiums and what it's like now and how he's excited about uh, what the Red Bulls have turned into. Joe, I want to ask you about what you think of Nashville. Is this is this going to be similar to the the Pittsburgh outing, where uh, they're going to be frustrated and uh, the home team is going to be able to take advantage of of sort of those gaps in the defense, especially uh, when countering?
1: It could be, but I think Pittsburgh's a better team than Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually I actually think they're a much better team. Uh, but yeah, I mean they're a tough team to break down, and we saw this when they played them at Red Bull Arena earlier in the year. They're very disciplined in the midfield and on the defensive uh, and the back on their back four. So, I mean, it's going to be tough for them. They're going to have to, they're going to have to be patient. They can't just, you know, try and go all out like they did against, like you mentioned against Pittsburgh and then they were punished on the counter. Pittsburgh has a lot more speed than this team, I think though. Um, And I think Bob Lilly just knows how to play the Red Bulls just so well for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I think this this game's gonna be tough. I mean, I don't want to say that. Man, I, I hate being pessimistic because I really want to believe this team's gonna get it win on the road this year at some point. Um, but it, it's this team's just so tough at home to break down. I mean, yeah, they yeah have they lost you know two of their last three games you know against Bethlehem Steel and against Tampa Bay, and right. you know they did. They did draw Charleston, and Charleston was down a man for 30 minutes over the weekend, and they couldn't break him down. But the Red Bulls have had problems with teams on the counter this year. I mean, we've seen it the past, you know, not obviously not against Charlotte, but even against Toronto and some other, some low-level teams. They've caught them on the counter, and this has been a problem. With The defense has been too inconsistent this year. And, again, as we mentioned earlier, they're starting to struggle with, you know, they're starting to struggle at finishing their chances. So this could be a game where... You know, even if they get a lot of chances, are they going to score them?
0: And one guy you would love to see out there being able to help, uh, Brian White, is very much likely going to be with the first team, may even be starting for the first team against Atlanta United in a pivotal match. So, uh, you know, I think this is going to be one of those uh, hold-on-to-your-butts type matches. Obviously, a loss here would be... uh, I don't think... um, uh, That's nu- not it's, right. It's not nuclear, uh, but it's certainly going to put them in a very difficult position over their last three matches. And, you know, I, I really want to know what, uh, what the plan is up front. Is it going to be a bong? Is a bong uh, the answer for the team? And, you know, we, I think we've seen some stuff out of Tom Barlow, but it, it's been inconsistent and, and, you know, I'd like to 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 hope that Amanda Moreno can you know uh, round back into form, but it's really hard to come back from an injury mid season and and pick up where you left off.
1: One thing I like about this team is, unlike last year, it hasn't been relying on like three players to score for them, like it was last year when Volo came on strong at the end of the season and Flemings and Bonomo took over. It's kind of been spread out. I mean, quietly, Andrew Tanari's had a good amount of goals. You know, Jared Stroud's chipped in, now Moreno's back, uh, you know, obviously Brian White's with the first team, so he's not here, but I mean, they. you know, Barlow's done a decent job. I mean, you know, is there spots he can improve in? Yes. Um, but yeah, it, it's, like you said, it's really going to come down to who starts up top because they're going to need to be, they're going to they're gonna need to take Brian White's position and Go with it basically and try and, you know, get in the box, make the most other chances. I know Bong's really good at holding up the ball, but he also needs to prove that, you know, he can get on the end of some crosses or some passes into the box when either Tanari or Chris Lima or whoever's from a deep lying midfield midfield position like feeding the ball in.
0: Very fair. Okay, let's turn our attention now to making score predictions. Joe, who you got?
1: <sighs> um I'm going to say it's a 1-1 draw.
0: I'm going to call this a one nothing loss uh, for the Red Bulls. I think this is when, you know, if there isn't already beads of sweat on uh, the brows of many around this team, this will be the start of that. There's some very good questions about whether or not they can make the playoffs. And I think that is a perfect segue to talking about uh, the playoff <laughs> line and who's where. Uh, okay, so the bottom three teams... Uh, in, in over the playoff line, rather Indy 11, they've got 45 points, 30 matches, uh, Red Bulls two in seventh place, 42 points, 30 matches, Ottawa fury, 41 points, 31 matches. Okay. Those are all above the line. Indy 11 this week is playing Tampa Bay. That is, uh, midweek and then, uh, Cincinnati at Cincinnati on the weekend. So there's a good chance that they're not going to pick up maximum points there. Uh, the Red Bulls, too. Obviously, we know they're playing Nashville. We don't have to talk about them. Ottawa Fury are playing Toronto. That should be an easy win midweek. Although, you know, who knows I what to know. say? I, I don't know. And then a very tough think. match against another team, uh, you know, within striking distance with Bethlehem Steel.
1: I don't know about TFC 2 Tf- win because TFC's Tf- been. Uh, I don't know. They they are you know,
0: three, twenty-two, and four.
1: Yeah, but they also came into into Montclair and drew the red and drew Red Bulls too. That's true. So, I mean, they've they've. I don't know. They might be up for that one, and but I mean the the Bethlehem game this weekend is crucial. That's a crucial game for both teams because if Bethlehem wins, they pretty much distance themselves from the bottom the, the bottom three that are just over the line because they do have thirty-one games played and forty-five points. So. They do have a game in hand on both Indy and Red Bulls 2. Um, and if Ottawa were to win, they'd, you know, have a, still a game in hand on Red Bulls 2 over over the weekend, but they'd be above them. And now they'd kind of separate themselves from, you know, the, the teams that are still trying to fight to get in there.
0: Okay, fair, fair. And uh, just below the line, uh, North Carolina, 29 games played. So they've got two games played. Uh, or two games in hand on ottawa and tied on 41 points they um do not have the wins tiebreaker in their advantage but their goal differential is uh they're plus 11 ottawa is negative 11 so Uh, look out ottawa uh tampa bay just below them oh wait wait let's talk about north carolina sorry um they are playing charleston that's a tough match for them uh Tampa Bay. They are at thirty matches played, uh, forty points. They've got Indy Eleven midweek, which we mentioned. Then Atlanta United. Both of those matches are on the road, which we know Tampa Bay hasn't been particularly good on the road. But those are both winnable matches, I think, for them. Indy Eleven, maybe <laughs> less so.
1: Tampa's been playing actually really well of late too. So yep. I mean,
0: they look. They've got four wins in their last five matches. They are four one and oh. Their only losses to the battery. they beat North Carolina, they beat Atlanta once they beat Nashville, they beat Richmond. so they're they're in a good spot. Nashville, we know they're playing the Red Bulls. Um, I don't think they have oh they do have a midweek game against Atlanta. So by the time the Red Bulls play, they may already be behind Nashville in the standings and possibly Tampa Bay and possibly North Carolina. is that right? I'm looking Uh, at too many of these things. (laughs) uh, Pro tip for the USL standings. If you are using their drop downs after doing it for a short amount of time, they time out and they stop working. (laughs) Uh, Okay, hold on. Let's see. Yes. So North Carolina, Tampa Bay, and Nashville can all be above the Red Bulls at the start of the weekend. That's a really, really tough place to be in. Um, they would be one back of Tampa Bay and Nashville if they both win their matches uh, and possibly two back from North Carolina if, if all three of those teams win. Tough, tough times ahead. Charlotte's just behind them with 37 points and Pan FC, as we mentioned, 35 points. I think they're they're pretty much out of it. The only two teams who have uh, clinched a playoff spot at this point in the East, which this is insane to me, are Louisville and Cincinnati. Since Cincinnati, we can give them props for equaling the uh, Red Bull 69 points in 30 matches. Uh, Congrats. Two claps. No, no. (laughs) Out West, five teams have qualified for the the playoffs and are uh, going to make it, which is crazy to me. There's only three spots up for grabs there. Um, And really, that comes down to one. And there's really only one other team that's a legitimate challenge. So at the eighth spot, Reno, 29 matches played. They've got 46 points. San Antonio uh, is, two, they have two matches, or sorry, so Reno has two matches in hand on San Antonio and they're up three points on them. So I think it's all but decided there. By the by the end of the weekend, it could well be. And uh, yeah, I think they're, they're pretty much set. The East is still completely wide open.
1: Top of the, the table. The West is set. Yeah, pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, the well, top, top of the table. table I the West
1: mean, is insane. Uh, Orange County and Phoenix have pretty much put the distance between them and Real Monarchs. The Monarchs' I mean.
0: last win. All right, so they they haven't won in their last five matches. Their last win came back on ba-ba, August twenty fifth. Wow. So So it's, it's been a month since it, they won.
1: They're actually in danger of like they could possibly lose out on a home playoff game. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. They only well, they Sacramento has a game in hand on them, and Portland's is only two points back. Yeah, and then you've got the you know that Swope Park team that seems to you know be in the USL Cup every year,
0: and they're only creeping, four points back. Yeah,
1: creeping in sixth place, <laughs> creeping. <laughs> and I wouldn't want to play them in the first round.
0: Yeah, definitely not. Hey, uh, Tulsa Roughnecks might not finish the season bottom of the table in the West. 21 points. They have three wins, 15 losses, 12 draws, <laughs> but the Seattle Sounders too are there to make up for it. Even with their five wins, uh, they have 19 losses. Let's see. Who's got the worst goal differential in the league. Oh, I got it. Easy Fort negative 42. <laughs> oh my God.
1: Is it Atlanta too, or is it, or is it, uh, Richmond, it the Rich-
0: Richmond negative 42. They're dropping down to division three. Their coach left mid season. They're a mess. Um, so in order in the in the the East, the worst
1: goal difference now No, it, 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 uh, it is Toronto. Toronto's negative 43.
0: No, it says negative 33.
1: Oh, I can't do math. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I can't um, do math. It's okay. Uh, it, it's fine. <laughs> I won't call you out. Wow. I, I actually can't... Well, I, I just can't believe Richmond... Toronto's given up the most goals in all of USL yeah. by a large margin, but Richmond's just not scored a lot, yeah. which is crazy.
0: Uh, yeah, I that, I think, sums it up. It is crazy. And what else is crazy? The rebranding of USL. They are officially moving to the Championship, League 1 and League 2. The Championship will be what we know currently as USL. Um, the Division 3, which uh, they've been talking about for a while, will be called League 1. And the PDL will be called League 2. And ultimately, they said that... Uh, this is, is is basically the uh, uh, sowing the seeds that may one day become promotion relegation in the U.S. <gasps> you have to gasp when anyone says what? that. What? <gasps> <the thing. laughs> it might happen. It could well happen. We're I mean, on the verge.
1: It, from what I see, it kind of like it seems like they just modeled off of what like the the English leagues are like. Like you got USL and then you've got League One and you've got League Two. So, I mean, that's just kind of what it seems like to me. I mean, I, I, I really I really like it. I really think it's um, – I wonder if uh, we're going to see more two teams then from professional teams, from MLS teams then.
0: That so that would be, be a smart move. League. Even if they put them down in the PDL, just get yeah. get players yeah. out there playing matches. They need them.
1: I mean, like, say, you know, you draft a guy in the Super Draft and you don't think he's ready. You could just – see you know put him down in one of the lower leagues and see if you know he does well i mean th- I, I i that's the one thing that came to my mind when uh when they announced this was i thought hmm, like a lot of these mls teams don't really have two teams or you know they have academy teams they don't really have two teams like are we going to see more of that
0: well we're, i mean they're they're on the verge in some places dc's about to get one we know yeah, new, york, yeah. new york city's been circling one so uh yeah maybe it would be a good thing i would think um our our colleague Anthony Merced thinks that this might be the beginning of USL trying to challenge for uh, superiority in the U.S. in terms of, of league structure. Even though they're saying they're positioning themselves under MLS, do you think USL is looking to take on MLS?
1: Yeah, uh, I don't want to. I mean, if they are, they got to work out. I mean, we we all talked. We talked about it a few weeks ago with with the with their uh their pay scale and all those issues oh, yeah. so those have to be fixed first I-, I don't think so i think they're just trying to gain like control of like actually getting a set system of what is you know of like a, what the soccer pyramid is in the us and just trying to garner it garner control of it i don't really see them competing with the ml with mls i just don't it just doesn't make sense to me i mean if they want to go the um they want to go the nasl you know route then by all means, try, but I mean, I just don't see it. I, I don't see the too many teams are leaving now, right now, to jump to MLS. That it doesn't make sense for them to try and do it, right? Like
0: to make in in, in and- the near term. You mean?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't make sense for me.
0: Okay, and then obviously the most important question I have for you about all this: What do you think about the logo? Logos, for I should say.
1: Logos. Yeah. Uh, I mean. I actually, I think it's I, I I think it's cool. I don't hmm. have a problem with the logo. I mean, no,
0: it do, I, I it doesn't do anything for me, but I, I'm also not offended by it.
1: <laughs> I mean, the, co- so. the colors. I mean, at least they didn't make it all one color. Yes, I mean, they made t- they did t- three different colors. So I mean, they you know I I mean I'm not listen if the w- the product you put on the field should should make what your league is not like what your logo looks like.
0: Okay, uh, fair. I think that's a fair point. And with that, we have come to another end of another episode of Raising Bulls. If you'd like to follow us, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Joe Goldstein.
1: I am at jsteen 15
0: And if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And of course, of course, what the heck just happened? <laughs> of course... That's on Twitter, as we mentioned. You can also follow us on Facebook.com slash raising bulls. You can go to raisingbulls.com where we have all of our episodes. You can even write to us there at questions at RaisingBulls.com. That's questions at raisingbulls.com. Where can they write to us? Questions at raisingbulls.com. You were supposed to jump in there, but that's okay. It's fine.
1: I mean I mean you usually ask like <laughs> <laughs> Usually ask like where can they send them? And I'm uh, chime in. I mean, I'm not going to try and make the mistake like I did the first time.
0: <laughs> My sister, just, sorry, I, I was uh, somewhat distracted. My sister just sent me oh, it's animated junction box. Oh, this is great. for. I'm a big fan of Halloween. Anyone who doesn't know, uh, I love scary things. Um, it is a 20 inch, or 28 inch high voltage junction box with electrified cables. So it's, it's just It looks like a junction box, and the cables dance around. That's fantastic. Uh, I I encourage all of you to go out there and get something like that to freak people out. Or go watch holiday season. Yeah, go go watch Halloween. That looks so good. Uh, We're getting off topic, (laughs) but that's okay. Uh, You can find us at iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Find us, rate us, review us, follow us. Uh, Whatever other uh, things that you can do to help the show, we very much appreciate and would love. Uh, Hashtag Merced in. I'm working on that image, Anthony. You can't tell me it's my fault anymore. Uh, I'm I'm making you... I'm doing the the face turn, but you have to show up to this. Anthony makes me laugh
1: more than anybody that... Uh, he, he's pretty funny Like when you actually get to sit down with him and talk to him He's pretty
0: funny I love Anthony I will continue to uh, profess my love to Anthony And I miss him dearly on this show He hasn't been around enough this year
1: he was, free, he was freaking out today watching a penalty shootout, which is
0: great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so badly want to talk to him about United, and, yeah, he's not around. I can't do it. Anyway, <laughs> you can find us at bgn.fm, uh, the beautiful game network. They've got a ton of great shows. Rising is one. Sock Takes. Sock Takes is fantastic, if you guys haven't been there. Uh, Bethlehem, Blast Furnace, Foxtrot, Backyard Footy, Texas Soccer Radio, Down in the Valley, Speedway Soccer, and so many more. They've got written content, podcasts, everything you need, beautiful game network, bgn.fm. And of course, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL and US soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. And last, make sure you check out the Red Bulls news network at rbnn.us, writers like Joe Steen. Even Anthony Merced has contributed there. You can see Bill Toomey's beautiful photography. We got Roy Emanuel writing stuff. He's got a great piece coming up uh, about uh, the crazy uh, rule loophole uh, exploitation that Bob Bradley employed <laughs> for a fourth substitute <laughs> against DC United. Uh, and uh, Eric Friedlander covering the Academy and and the the players in college right now, lots of good stuff, guys. Make sure you get there and check it out. For myself, Joe Steen, Ibrahim Sagaya, and John Freeman, thank you very much, and have a good night.